Welcome to The Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. Fear of failure is one of the great causes of anxiety, and anxiety in turn causes turbulence in our souls, disturbing the interior peace that St. Paul always associates with grace and mercy. One way to diminish anxiety, then, is to decrease our fear of failure. And St. Paul's experience and message of mercy can help us do that. In this conference, we will look at three lessons that St. Paul can teach us in relation to the Christian way of dealing with failure. Was Jesus a success? Was Jesus a success? Have you ever thought about that? Well, let's think about it a little bit right now, together. He spent his three years of public ministry preaching and performing miracles and training his twelve apostles. He was wildly popular for a while, but then things started to go wrong. On the evening of the Last Supper, one of his hand-picked disciples betrayed him to his enemies, and the other twelve apostles abandoned him and even denied their association with him in his hour of need. Then the leaders of the very people he had been preaching to and teaching for three years, rejected him and his message. The Jewish Council of Elders, the Sanhedrin, condemned him to death. When they turned him over to the Roman authorities to execute the sentence, Jesus had a chance to convince Pilate to let him go. But even though Jesus explained his situation, Pilate too refused to listen and turned him over to be scourged and crucified. Later, while he was hanging on the cross and dying, the very sinners that he came to save mocked him and humiliated him. Only one of the thieves being crucified at the same time believed in him. At the moment of his death, from any standard that the world might have for success, Jesus was clearly a failure. The Christian Vision of Success And yet, his last words on the cross were, It is finished. From his father's perspective, from God's perspective, all that painful suffering, rejection, and worldly failure was actually part of the plan of salvation. The sinful rebellion against Jesus on the part of his contemporaries and the sinful abandonment of him by his friends were transformed by God's providence into the very currency of redemption. The greatest sin of all time, the murder of God by humanity, became, through the merciful love of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of atonement for all sins, the channel of saving grace for the fallen world, and the door to eternal life for everyone who believes in Him. The lesson is clear. Success in the world's eyes is very different than success in God's eyes. The world measures success by material accomplishments. Bank accounts, corporate titles, gold medals, popularity trends, and similar things. But God measures success by spiritual realities. Mercy, obedience, self-forgetful love, perseverance in doing what is right, 
and every other Christ-like virtue. This is why so many canonized saints never had the equivalent of their own TV show and were never invited to governor's balls and economic summits. Material accomplishments are not the substance of true, lasting success, success from God's perspective, because they don't lead us to the deep meaning and fulfillment that we are made for. It's the spiritual things that lead us there, faithfulness and courage and wisdom and mercy, all the things that Jesus himself taught us and showed us by his words and his example. St. Paul's Changing Criteria of Success St. Paul understood this. Before he encountered Christ and was given the gift of faith and grace, he was a Pharisee. And the Pharisees believed that success was to be found through their own efforts to achieve perfection. But after experiencing Christ's mercy, St. Paul changed his criteria for success. It was no longer about achieving things, what he describes as fulfilling the law. Rather, it was about knowing, loving, and following Jesus Christ. It was about friendship and communion with the Lord. It was about a relationship of love. Here is how he describes this discovery in his letter to the Christians in Philippi. As for the law, I was a Pharisee. As far as the law can make you perfect, I was faultless. But because of Christ, I have come to consider all these advantages that I had as disadvantages. Not only that, but I believe nothing can happen that will outweigh the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For Him, I have accepted the loss of everything, and I look on everything as so much rubbish if only I can have Christ and be given a place in Him. I am no longer trying for perfection by my own efforts and the perfection that comes from the law. But I want only the perfection that comes through faith in Christ and is from God and based on faith. All I want is to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and to share His sufferings by reproducing the pattern of His death. The more fully we accept a criteria for success like that, a relationship, a friendship with Jesus Christ based on faith in His merciful and unconditional love, the less we will feel anxiety due to fear of failure. When we live our lives as a response of gratitude and love to the merciful love that God freely offers us, we are no longer afraid of being rejected or condemned because of our mistakes, sins, and other faults, things that the world may see as failures. The more we discover God's mercy, as St. Paul did, the more we are freed from the self or world-imposed pressure of performing, of achieving things, and the more we can enjoy each gift, task, and challenge as it comes to us from the loving hand of God's providence. This interior freedom, in a paradoxical way, even ends up making us better, more effective even in worldly activities like making a living. It releases us from interior turbulence and fear, so that we can truly thrive and grow. So that's the first way that St. Paul's experience and message of mercy can help us reduce the anxiety that comes from being afraid of failure by correcting a faulty ideal of success. Difficulties, anxieties, and fears will pop up anyway. 
In our day-to-day -day lives, however, it is hard for us to live on that level of deep faith. So many influences in our own souls and in the world around us are constantly pressuring us to live up to some worldly material standard of success. And as a result, feelings of anxiety and the fear of failure often pop up spontaneously, without our really inviting them or even wanting them. As our faith in Christ and our relationship with Him grow, this will happen less often and less intensely, but it still happens. St. Paul has something to say about that, too. First, we should remember that St. Paul himself experienced outward failure. At the beginning of his missionary life, he stirred up so much opposition that he had to escape from Damascus by being lowered down from the city wall at night in a basket. And when he preached the gospel in Athens, he was publicly laughed at and ridiculed. As he traveled throughout the Mediterranean area, along with the people who welcomed him and were convinced by his preaching, there were even more who rejected both him and his message, often violently. And, of course, his missionary career ended in prison in Rome, where he was executed as a traitor to the empire because he refused to worship the Roman deities. How to deal with these troubles What did he learn from all these experiences? In short, he learned that even that kind of hardship and external failure can be transformed into spiritual success, because God in His mercy never abandons us. In that same letter to the Philippians, he writes, Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God, that surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In this passage, St. Paul is admitting that we will experience feelings of anxiety, just as he did, and he tells us how to deal with them, bring them to God in prayer. By exercising our faith in Jesus, by coming to Him in the midst of our troubles and hardships, we give our friendship with Him a chance to grow. By calling to mind all the many blessings and graces He has given us in the past, this is what St. Paul means by encouraging us to pray with thanksgiving. Our souls will be strengthened and comforted, and our fears and anxieties will diminish. This is the second lesson St. Paul has for us. Even though we believe in Jesus and want to make our growing friendship with Him the only standard of success in our lives, anxieties and fears will inevitably pop up, and when they do, we can take advantage of them to strengthen our faith if we bring them to the Lord in prayer. But what about our failures in our relationship with God? If friendship with Jesus is our true goal in life, our true criteria for success, then shouldn't we be afraid of our own weakness and selfish tendencies, which tend to make us unfaithful friends? Again, if we're honest with ourselves, we recognize that we have a strong tendency to say and do things that aren't very Christian, that certainly won't be pleasing to our Lord. Isn't that a kind of spiritual failure? Shouldn't we be anxious about those tendencies and where they may lead us? St. Paul has something to say about this, too. He knows what it's like to battle interior selfishness and sinfulness, and he describes how the Lord taught him to deal with it. In his second letter to the Christians in Corinth, he describes a mysterious thorn in his side, 
which many commentators associate with some kind of weakness or persistent temptation, something that we could easily interpret as an obstacle to his friendship with God. Whatever it was, St. Paul clearly saw it as an obstacle, because three times he asked God to take it away. But God didn't. St. Paul explains why. To stop me from getting too proud, I was given a thorn in the flesh, an angel of Satan to beat me and stop me from getting too proud. About this thing I have pleaded with the Lord three times for it to leave me. But he has said, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is at its best in weakness. So I shall be very happy to make my weaknesses my special boast, so that the power of Christ may stay over me. For it is when I am weak that I am strong. This is the unlimited reach of God's mercy. It touches our very weaknesses, so that even in our neediness and amidst our sinful tendencies, His grace can work its redemption. Not even our weakness, then, not even what we might consider our spiritual failures, should lead us to be fearful and anxious. God is so generous with His mercy that even those things, when we bring them to Him in prayer and in confession, can deepen our relationship with Jesus and contribute to our everlasting success. Conclusion Success is already ours. In a spiritual sense, the only sense that really matters in the long run, Jesus Christ, the Son of God become man, is the greatest success in human history, the greatest success possible. He was perfectly faithful to love for his Father and love for us. And because of God's unlimited mercy, of his unconditional commitment to each one of us, we all share in that. Through Christ, with him and in him, We are sharers in His victory over sin, evil, and suffering. Our weak and wounded lives have been renewed and redeemed. And so we need not fear. We need not be anxious. To use some more phrases from the letters of St. Paul, Since Jesus loved me and sacrificed Himself for me, by my faith I can live for God with the life of Christ who lives in me enabling me to enjoy the freedom and glory that comes from being children of God. That was St. Paul's experience of mercy. That is his message of mercy. Something so wonderful, so truly amazing, that only God could have come up with it. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org.